0: As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes.
1: On today's episode of Android's Dungeon, friend of the show, back in action, Mark Hines in the studio (laughs) and JJB oh he's around for now we're gonna have a quick talk about mega civilization going on tilt and god knows what stay tuned folks Welcome to Android's Dungeon on CFRU 93.3 FM. Oh, that crackling, baby! That crackling. You know you're in the training studio. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 I'm
3: still okay. learning. Is that <laughs> your is that your bullhorn sound? <laughs> it's, it's
1: bullhorn. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, right? <laughs> Something or, or the foghorn. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Android's Dungeon is show uh, about sound effects. <laughs> sound effects. Michael Winslow over here.
2: Pew! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is this is high quality programming <laughs>
2: folks that's
3: right it's just, gonna, just an hour of this folks
1: <laughs> so you can bail now if you want please don't bail I need you uh, Android's on a show about books movies music games uh, often whatever has happened to us just before we went into the studio uh, you can check us out on Twitter Facebook are we on Facebook no maybe we should take that one back I don't yeah, know you're not um,
3: on Facebook you are on Instagram I think In- yeah
1: yes Instagram Google uh, Podcast Google Podcasts, all that stuff iTunes iTunes uh, Joel what have you been playing recently
0: uh i'll give you two c's charterstone chess
1: charterstone and chess uh
0: what's chess like <laughs> chess is a game <laughs> it's an abstract strategy have you heard of abstract strategy uh i like my I don't think, strategy I don't think very we've explicit. actually covered abstract strategy yet but what makes a uh, strategy game abstract jack
1: if you if you pinned me down and forced me to explain what it means, I guess all I would say is that it's it takes a broad concept and reduces the very simple sort of shapes and mechanics. So in this case, chess, uh, I guess medieval Persian war, and yep. dropping it down to the idea of just, well, your castles can move in a straight line. and uh, I, I, I found something interesting about chess the other day because you mentioned that it
0: was Persian originally. And I guess back in the day, because somebody was asking, well... You know, in in medieval times the queen was more of just a figurehead. How come she's so powerful in chess? I guess back in the day the queen used to be a vizier. Oh, interesting. So it, it wasn't always a queen, but when it came over to England they changed
1: that piece over to a queen to be more uh, relevant. I did not know that. Look at that. I'm learning things on Android's Dungeon. <laughs> Today I learned. <laughs> So chess tournament though. So this is something that's become a yearly uh, phenomenon at, yep. at your place of
0: work. I organize a tournament where I challenge everybody in the company <laughs> to try to beat me at chess. <laughs>
3: and I am out in the first round every single year. At least you participate, <laughs> Mark Mark Yeah, Joel doesn't give me a
0: choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes we need we need to fill the seats. Almost. <laughs> oh man,
3: this is getting a little sad. Yeah. Who was your horse though? my horse my horse was Ian and
1: he Ian's what what does that mean horse
3: Uh, if you were out in the first round you got to like cheer like sponsors uh, somebody that made it to the second round and if they went on they were apparently going to be prizes
0: yep still prizes still happening is it, it going to be gonna another learned to play have chess book myself <laughs> a trophy built for myself <laughs> <laughs> no i've got real uh, i've got some good i've got some good stuff i got a budget this year first year <laughs> <laughs> how many dairy queen coupons did you get <laughs> oh that's nice that's a good idea <laughs> <laughs> so i just got mine Sunday. in the mail
1: so uh, all right so but the chess tournament has been going pretty well it's about done isn't it or
0: yeah finals will be next week or uh, maybe the monday after
1: so were there any interesting sort of developments in it, or was it fairly uh, by the book as well, far as chess yeah, goes? Well, yeah, it
0: was a little disappointing that it's it's business as usual as far as the finalists go. Mm-hmm. Right now, the, the three people remaining in the tournament because the one semifinal isn't over is uh, the same three people that have appeared in the final in the last three years. So yeah, But we did have some interesting upsets kind of leading up to that. Some players that new to the company, one young guy, I think he was probably 19 or 20 one of the co-ops made it pretty far mm-hmm. but yeah chess is one of those games where um uh you can't get lucky i'd say or if you get lucky it only takes you so far you know yeah so at the end of the day i think it's uh we're still waiting for that new person to get hired i think we had a a, a co-op in the first year who was undefeated and then got fired halfway <laughs> through the <laughs> tournament
1: and he was really good. <laughs> Joel, were you, respo- were you responsible yeah. for his uh, termination? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> the You mentioned the same three people and it's something I've thought about before And that if you're trying to organize a game and I know Mark, you said you participated in it even though you may have been cajoled or threatened. Or
3: cajoled? Something. Ooh, that's a, that's a fun play on words. It's, it's, bad you're too, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's not bad, eh?
1: Uh, but do you ever worry that it, you just create this death spiral where it's like if it's going to be the same three people winning every time it's like well why does anyone else participate because it's like what are you trying to get out of it essentially because i don't know if mark walked into it did you go into this going you're going to be the next chess grandmaster no, i didn't
3: think i was going to like ibm wasn't going to be looking to put my brain in a, in a <laughs> computer or anything uh but i figured hey i've got Time at lunch. <laughs> I can play a five-minute chess game. I think that's what Boris spatsky uh, said. I'm pretty yeah. sure he yeah. like, I'm not doing tum- anything. A this. lot of what I got is, is I would make a, a move, and the other person who had better chess experience than me, are, are you sure? Oh man! And I would oh, pause and go, mean. like, yeah, <laughs> like I don't care. I don't want to win. I don't. I know I'm not going to. So why yeah. bother trying? Jeez. Oh.
0: <laughs> but that's not the approach you took thing. to uh citadels, was it?
3: no I, li- I like Citadels I'm good at it <laughs> <laughs> so what
0: have you been playing lately man uh,
3: well I played Citadels the other week another C uh, another C uh, Assassin's three. Creed is that oh. what you're talking about no, have uh, you well, actually been playing it Charter- chess, chess charters down Citadels, and, Citadels. Uh, and yeah I've been playing the new Assassin's Creed it's pretty good it's uh a lot like the last Assassin's Creed, which is kind of a trend in this series. You can't mix uh, it up too much. But uh, the internet's reaction's been funny. You know, a lot, when the last, when Origins or whatever came out, everyone's like, "Oh, it's not Assassin. All Assassin's Creed games are the same. This yeah. new one's a fair amount different. It's like the gameplay is very similar when you're doing the sneaky stab people yeah. stuff." But the in between, you've got this nice open world to explore and all of that, and the internet hates change, so <laughs> they're now complaining that it's
1: too different. Well, it's like an RPG now, isn't it? Yeah,
3: yeah it's an RPG. You get gear, you got to grind to a ex- certain extent. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, when it comes down to it, it's all these. All you get a bunch of quests that end up just being like, "Hey, like sneak into this place and kill this dude." Yeah. So it ends up being pretty similar. The story still doesn't like. There's the. It's all the Assassin's Creed games sort of had that too, like two plot lines where there was the one like historical one of you running around Italy the part people
1: actually tolerated
3: yeah yeah exactly Uh, and then there's this crazy future stuff that doesn't make any sense (laughs) but because this is a sequel and I didn't play Origins I have no idea what's going on stuff's glowing and there's aliens maybe Uh, (laughs) maybe something like that and you have to collect these little triangles uh, and they don't explain what they are um, so but the running around as a big buff Greek super dude is pretty fun (laughs) Um, and he's always complaining, and he's like, "Hey, hate Mondays! Uh, <laughs> Is that a real lie? No, but every time he complains about taking a quest, he's like, oh, I have to go do this now. Mondays, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> but how much money did they spend on this game? I don't know. But, like, it's, it's nice, because it's not all... It's not, like, all those same three voice actors you normally oh, get in yeah, video yeah. games. Uh, and I was worried that, like... Um, like, do you have, have you ever played Tropico? Any of those like city builders? You know what,
1: I'm embarrassed to say I own two of them. I've never uh, played them.
3: Tropico, one of the things about the voicing acting in that is that it's, it, they're every character's an offensive stereotype of yeah. wherever they're from. So like the most of the characters are obviously like Central American or like yeah. Caribbean, but you know the American guys, the Southern like. Just big um,
1: broad sort yeah, of. Yeah, big
3: uh, broad reductionist things and yeah. it's, I feel like Assassin's Creed gets that a bit too, but the way they have all, they're all Greek and they all just want to lay in the sun and drink wine and eat grapes <laughs> all day. Um, and I'm like, I don't know if that's historically accurate for the public Eastern war but <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe we can get a real historian on this sh- not saying you're not a real historian mark no i dropped out i'm not a real historian <laughs> get some sort of greek aficionado and drinking uzo, uh, ouzo that mm-hmm. disgusting beverage sorry greeks uh,
3: well, it's awful I, well okay you can be wrong about how great ouzo tastes <laughs> you, can, you look, gotta light it on fire that's the secret you can have all the those it's delicious
1: uh we but all right so Assassin's Creed what would you compare it to though uh, out of all these games because you're saying it it feels pretty different than the other Assassin's Creed my surface impression was it looked like they were taking a Witcher kind of approach to this game
3: I would say it's a lot more like just cause which is not an RPG which is the funny thing Mm. but it's this big open world and there's like level gated areas Um, but at the same time, there's all these like little encampments and stuff you have to clear, and it ends up being pretty much doing the same thing over and over again with different colored enemies. Huh. And you want to find, oh, I've got a blue set of all my equipment. Got to go find some purples, and then you've got to find some yellows.
1: So I'm hearing some cynicism and, and weariness setting in. How many hours have you played?
3: Uh, maybe 10, 15.
1: And do you still feel excited, or do you do that thing with like Far Cry, the most recent one where it's like you go to New Era and you're like... Uh, go it's time do to do this. it all again.
3: Yeah, do the exact. Well, that was I played the new Far Cry, and yeah, yeah. it was it was Far Cry Three in a different setting. Yeah, um, I liking I'm liking it. Like the story sort of has just started to be kind of interesting, uh, and I've gotten like my little ship and everything. So you get to be like a Jason and the Argonauts kind of thing.
1: Do you build a crew? Yeah, so you can kidnap
3: enemies. If you uh, knock them out instead of killing them, you can recruit them for your ship. Um, Which at first I thought was a really cool idea. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go find these really strong guys. And then I found out that almost every quest giver you can recruit. Oh. And there doesn't seem to be any difference between any of them. Uh... Ah.
1: um. I feel like it's a missed opportunity because that was one of these like these side things you could argue the grindier part of Metal Gear Solid 5 was the whole idea of like you full note uh, yeah. the guys you come into the field and they all have different pros and cons and even though you're not necessarily micromanaging them it's it was kind of. You want to kidnap people and brainwash them to yeah, work Yeah, and I
3: get that vibe, but that's what they were going for. Like, when I first started playing it, doing the sneaking around and all that, like, there's a button to just whistle. So, so yeah. similar to, like, how Snake can just, like, knock on something to get yeah. somebody's attention. Um, and, you know, you got to tag everybody with you. Instead of binoculars, you have a magic eagle that can see things. Aww. Um, <laughs> but you're riding a horse around this sort of deserty area.
2: Mm. And uh, my
3: phone rang, and I had uh, Dancing with Tears in My Eyes as my <laughs> ringtone. And I'm like, oh, this is just Metal Gear Solid. Okay. <laughs> (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, So I think they're trying to do a little bit too much, but it's it's fun. It's not worth the ninety dollars I paid for it. Oh,
1: there it is. um, All right, what's a fair value then?
3: I would say wait. I would wait. Should have waited until it went down to about sixty or so. But I mean, ninety dollars for video games is just ridiculous. Anyway, it's a lot of money. Being being so used to paying Steam sale prices,
1: you know. And there's it's. I don't know about you, Joel, but. When was the last time you felt compelled? Like, day one, it's like, I got to pick this up. It's I need to play. I can't afford to wait. Can't wait. Because l- nope. lately, sales been getting bad. Yep. Like, new Tomb Raider game, I think it was already 30% off just the other day. I don't know if it was in Europe mm. or if it was North America, too. But.
3: And the internet got mad. <laughs> I, uh, I read it. had a discount? Yeah. they Well, they, if you ordered it after it released, or you bought it after it released, You're it was 35% punished, yeah. off. Mm. Um, but if you pre-ordered it. You got paid like more. the creator bonuses, but like the one review I read was, you know, it's a fun it's game. Just a tax but,
0: on fools, like that's yeah. what they they got what they wanted. Like, why are you complaining that other people are getting discounts? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody's got an answer for that. <laughs> yeah. No, there, there is no there answer. It's
1: like, but that's what you get if you're paying full price for a AAA game that came out, especially yeah. one that's like, I don't know what their sales figures are. I don't think they're nearly as strong as they want them to be, but it's like Nino Kuni 2, the game came out. It's a neat game, but like almost a month after it came out, I'm seeing 25% off. I'm thinking yeah. the, the poor fools that like day one bought this. And yeah. obviously it's not tons of money, but it's enough to make you kind of think twice about it. You're you're a day ahead. Congratulations! Yeah, it only dude. cost like, you thirty bucks. <laughs> the, and it's like uh, taking us back to board games too. Is that I've noticed a couple times where, in the states, it's more egregious. But some of these Kickstarter games come out, and you you're the one paying up front for these things mm. to get the game going. But some store overstocks and well, and not even necessarily overstocks. Even though um, when Scythe came out, there was some controversy that the game was. I don't think it hit major retails yet, but our retail environments, but. It was already, you could buy it on over, not overstock. um, One of these other type of games was like gamesurplus.com or whatever. And they were already discounted by like 30, 40 percent. And Mm. Sigmar, or is that how you pronounce his name? I can't remember. Is it Sigmar? Sounds about right. Anyway, the guy who owns uh, uh, Stone Mare Games was in the comments and he was like fighting with this store and these other people saying, I don't know how they're doing this. They shouldn't be doing this. It devalues the entire product. But... It, I don't understand how it works. That uh, I guess they're just selling at at, at cost, or like maybe yeah, just shaving maybe a couple they pennies. Just
0: have discounts on what's popular so that they can get people in the door or something. So I, I they're don't the ones selling it, right? They bought it for the
1: values. <laughs> it, it to me just. I, I think it was more just everyone else was irritated that it's like yeah. we're, we 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 backed this on Kickstarter, we're paying it for normal retail price, and then this uh, a vaguely anonymous online retailer is selling it for pennies on the dollar, and you think, well, okay, I see.
0: Mark, I saw a bit like I came over the other day, right? And yep. I was playing magic as I usually am and <laughs> watched you play a little bit. It looked a little bit like uh, Shadow of Mordor. Like mm. just-
3: yeah, it's got a, a couple systems uh, like that. So you're like a, a mistios, a mercenary or whatever, and you have to like defeat the mercenaries above you. Yeah. Because oh. you, if you do crimes, you get a bounty Rank and up. the bounty hunters come after you. So it's got that about it, um, but they're all pretty much the same. Like they'll have different weapons, but they're basically just unique versions of enemies. The one yeah. thing I liked about Shadow mortar Mordor They all had little traits, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: afraid of fire. Um,
3: And I think they do have that to an extent. But there's also, there's that, and then there's, like, you find out the plot, main plot of the game is, like, you fighting against this cult. So it's got the mercenaries, and then it's also, you've got to track down all the cultists and all that. So those look like really cool ideas. But from what I found, the mercenaries just kind of show up when you're doing off doing something else. You're like in the middle of another mission, about to like, you know, kill the last and back He hits you
0: in the back of the head. Yeah, and he
3: hits you in the back of the head and you get desynchronized and you have to load your, your save back up.
1: Oh, so it's just like one hit killer, are you saying? And it's just like you'll be
3: in the middle of a oh, they another just fight and they'll here. just show up and stab you. And then uh, the one thing I do like is in the previous games, uh, I remember playing <clears throat> after you died, it would sort of just blur out and that would that would be it. But in this one you get to see them like, you know, knocking you over the head and putting you in chain are like doing a finishing move on you and it's <laughs> a little demoralizing. It's, just like, yeah, oh. it's,
1: it's been a while since you saw Smackdown. like like... Smackdown. Yeah. Which is uh, Clive Bar- Did you ever play Undying? Was yeah, a- I played Clive Barker's Undying. Yeah, fantastic game. Halloween-related, folks, if you <laughs> haven't had a chance, you can get on GOG for a cheap, uh, cheap price. Uh, but that was another game that, like, if you got killed, God forbid, the the enemies would do something terrible to you. <laughs> it was so atrocious.
3: The one thing I will say, and this happened, I think, just after you left the other night, uh, Joel, was you get to meet your dad at one point, <laughs> and he's the like assassination target, and you can Sparta kick your dad off of a, off of a cliff. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't know about you, listeners. That's something I've always sort of fantasized <laughs> about doing. <laughs> Living your dreams in a <laughs> video game. A little bit of therapy then, on there. Like, uh, I, like, quick-saved right beforehand to see what happened if I did either. Either way, like, you end up killing him and, like, you get into a fight right afterwards.
1: Even if you kicked him off the cliff?
3: Yeah, if you kicked him off the cliff, his, like, buddy you show up, like, hey, where'd he go? Um, <laughs> and then you just kick all of them <laughs> Like you get the Sparta kick right away, and there's no reason to do anything <laughs> do else. Do the Sparta? Yeah, it's called the Sparta kick, and you just climb to the highest tower you can when you have a bounty, and, and, and just pedic. kick people off over and over again.
1: Uh, Mark, after the show, we have to talk about a New Gorgak. Uh, <laughs> move.
0: <laughs> sounds like a pretty good game. of so. yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it's in Dead Cells. Do you own Dead Cells? No. There, it's this neat little uh, uh, Castlevania Rogue Lite game but one of the items you can get are the sparta sandals and all you do is kick yeah. the whole time they're terrible it's the worst item in the game by far but uh,
0: but kind of cool but it's funny <laughs> i guess yeah.
1: jack what's your go-to halloween game uh silent hill series easy mm-hmm. Nice. Well, as far as video games go, there's a lot of options when it comes to video games. I tried to do a board game uh, list of the the spookiest board games. House on
3: Haunted Hill, Eldritch Horror.
1: I said, "Wow, maybe we can do Eldritch Horror." Mm-hmm. I wanted good ones at least. I've
3: never played any
1: of these games. <laughs> You've never played Betrayal? Uh, no, out. for me.
3: I've heard about it a lot wow. from the the nerds.
0: I'm astounded
1: that you managed to avoid it. It's like the it's it's up there with like trivial Pursuit Ligerji's Genius edition. <laughs>
0: Trivial Pursuit Genius. Yeah, I saw four of them at the bo- at the Guelph book sale today. People are tired of feeling stupid playing <laughs> <laughs> Trivial Pursuit.
1: What about you, Jackie Boy? What have um, you been playing lately? So I'll, I'll put two in. So the first one I'll say is that, do um, you know Papers, Please? Do you remember that game? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas Pope. Uh, it, I think it was, it was either his only game or the, at least the one that he's famous for. Came out a few years ago. An incredible little, ex- like, who would have thought, if you put it on, wrote down the idea of, like, you play a border guard <laughs> yeah, in a fictional... Yeah, people's papers and yeah, checking, them double checking them for inconsistencies. double-checking them for inconsistencies. <laughs> it is one of the, the most interesting and fun games I've ever played, and just the... The, the amount of storytelling that that happens just by people walking through and little things, because you have to, if you screw up three times, you lose. And you you have to support your family because you've got this increasing, like, oh, your, your cousins move in now. And, oh, your wife is sick. And, oh, the heating bills have gone up. And it's all, you're just being crushed the entire time by the state. Um, and there's tons of different endings. Fantastic little game. Pick it up. Uh, so Lucas's new game came out recently called uh, The Return of the... Uh, uh um, far no that was an awful movie uh oro anyway new game came out it's jedi bizarre absolutely bizarre but it's outstanding and i've only played a couple hours of it but I, I think it's super intriguing and again what they do is it's you take something mundane sounding so you're basically an insurance adjuster uh in the 1800s who a ship that was set off to do some cargo run has come back and a ev- bunch of people are missing and their corpse is all over the ship and you have to piece together for insurance purposes what has happened Hmm. and it's delivered in this strange style where everything is there's no textures Uh, well there's very minimal textures everything but you set the modes to make it look like is a Commodore 64 is it like a Z -Z spectrum is it like a Macintosh and it just pulls these like wireframe kind of aesthetics to it and you go around the ship and you've got this little book and you're cross referencing the people you've come across with crew manifests and Um, when you come across a corpse this weird magic watch comes up and you reverse time to see how they died exactly then Hmm. but the problem is you don't know any of the context around their death outside of the fact that right here that you heard a brief skirmish and somebody said i'm gonna shoot you in the face it's like all right you load up your book and it's like cause of death shot in face <laughs> but you don't know we who might have a match. we might have a match well you don't know it so you have to say like you've got these pictures of all the crew members and you're trying to say kind of looks like him but i can't blah, can't figure it out i know who this guy is so killed by captain as he tried to enter anyway hmm. Hmm. really strange and it strikes me as something that if you like mysteries and you really like procedurally solving things yourself then it could be up your alley but
3: yeah, yeah, that was one thing like I like a lot of games I'm will try and put in to put in that little mystery bit like The Witcher had it with the investigations. Yeah. Uh, Assassin's Creed has the same thing but instead of having to find like things using Witcher vision there's just an icon that you walk over to and then it kind of takes away well, some of the search. Yeah. But like, at least with The Witcher like you had to be like, okay, like there's footsteps I have yeah. to follow or anything like that. It's nice when they don't just hand it to you just like. And
1: that's it. It feels rewarding when you actually have to work for something with mm. like
3: Did you it? say you get a sense of accomplishment? The sense. <laughs> what the- ah, sounds
1: <laughs> I don't know The
0: Witcher was kind of like Okay hold this button And walk slower than usual yeah, yeah, And then yeah. find everything That's in the room That's stop, highlighted Stop red. playing
1: the game For a bit And press A on stuff Yeah. And it, it was a neat idea And I think Did you ever play The Condemned series Yeah The
3: Condemned has a similar Sort of thing Yeah
1: like, so you're tra- you're trying Because ostensibly You're supposed to be a detective And they Basically the problem With those games are When they do the detective moments It's just like Alright stop having fun For a second Stop have having to fun For a second <laughs> yeah. And do some work Yeah and when it, when it when it does click, it's nice. But that's why I think that so the game is um, the return of the Obra Din and that's why this the whole game is based around this mystery. And, and it, it just it it's intriguing. I'll just tell you without any spoilers. After the first little bit, you're like, wow, this is really neat. And then you get into the second part of it called the Doom because you're working back through time. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you see the first chapter of this, you're like, oh my god, this is this is really cool. <laughs> this this is pretty creative. So anyway, I recommend it. It's really inexpensive, like twenty bucks, I think. Or hmm. Somewhere around there.
3: See, there, there. Steam no. prices.
1: Steam prices. And you you never, you spend 20 bucks and you hate yeah. it. Yeah, You're it's not totally angry.
0: Android dungeon approved, would you say? So,
1: so far, I've only put in two hours, so I can't okay. say too much. And then the other one I want to talk about with regard to uh, board gaming, which is our meat and potatoes, is it's a Kickstarter game, folks. Showed up. Uh, reprint of a game. A lot of people consider to be uh, one of their, not necessarily a grail game, but it had been out of print for so long. And uh, highly anticipated was the reprint of Endeavor, Age of Sail. And it is a game where you are in Europe and you sail throughout the world and you get things. It is not pick up and deliver. <laughs> it is not. And it is, I'll just say this. We picked it up and we've played three games since we opened it yesterday. Wow. Uh, and, it's, to say, and the fact that Kayla was asking to play it... Um, was astounding to me. It so is. What's the runtime? The runtime could be an hour if you when. As soon as you know what you're doing, it goes super quickly. But the bottom line is, you all take on uh, basically an anonymous European nation, and you've got these lovely boards in front of you, and uh, they're even indented, kind of like uh, how Scythe Ooh. does it. Not as not as nice as Scythe, I'll say that much. But they they're like that, and you have all these different tracks, and each one corresponds to something else. But uh, you're basically going around, and you're putting discs onto these buildings you've got on your player board, which correspond to sort of like worker placement actions. And then when you do that, you get to put a disc somewhere else on the board. And as you grab things, you add them to yours and you make yourself more powerful and gives you more options to do things without going too far into the details. It plays so quickly and so seamlessly that it really is a treat. And I'm really, really impressed with this reproduction that so you have the base game and then there's this whole second part of it that they've added with these gorgeous components. Now, we haven't touched yet because it's like you want to learn how to do the base game for you jump into all that expansion kickstarter nonsense but super impressed with it so far and um it i think a lot of people would really enjoy this if they sat down and tried it
0: so you're satisfied with your purchase
1: i am extremely satisfied with what this nation purchase. have you played so far no idea <laughs> they're all anonymous you just take on oh, it okay. it doesn't matter colors Is red and blue color? Okay, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what's neat is that uh, it, it, they it's and it's unusual for games because I think a lot of them now are kind of dancing around this stuff, is that you have the option to, um, from the get-go is you have these, each place you have, as soon as it's opened up is then you've shipped enough goods to it, you can start landing there and building things. But Europe is considered open by default, but Europe also has these extra cards you can take, and they are the slavery cards. Mm. And the game kind of looks at this and even redresses in the manual because it's become, a lot of people are very sensitive to the sort of explanations on like, why have you included this stuff? Or is this tacky or you just toss it in here to shock? Or do you, is this callous? And the game basically doesn't shy away from the fact that no, At this time slavery was a big deal and it's profitable and as you take these cards you get you can give yourself a temporary boost but the issue is at the end of the game every slavery card you takes you take counts against your main score Mm. because you're basically Mm. implicated in uh, the trade and at some point in europe if you go through enough of the cards you get the abolition of slavery so everyone who's taking those cards has to throw them away hmm. but they still get the negative points at the end of the game because hmm.
3: that kind of reminds me was that Puerto Rico or San Juan one of those where we had the it's, it's the the brown unquote, workers <laughs> yeah that are, that are totally, totally moving voluntary. there voluntarily and all of that and it's just like ooh no, nope, that's working those <laughs> fields that is not how it worked
1: <laughs> so it does kind of bring up the question of some of these games the I find the Europeans are more they're I don't think they're trying to hide things necessarily but they're they're not just they don't want to stamp it and explain and, yeah. and really kind of hammer it home mm. but there's definitely games like puerto rico i think is fairly infamous for this as far as yeah. like it's like a legendary like Euro. dark
0: brown yeah. worker pieces
1: it's like yep now is that just an unfortunate choice Old or was somebody thinking that uh, that was what they wanted to do but anyway
0: your description of the uh, slaves before we go on sounds just like taking out a loan and unfair it is you know and
1: it, it's 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 thematically very similar in that you can do it and get a temporary boost, but it's going to come back to haunt you at the end of the game. Mm, so, yeah. And I guess you could argue it's thematically appropriate in that, yeah, you can get a giant leg up on other but, nations. But you
3: own human beings. You own,
1: you're own you owning and selling human beings, so congratulations. Which, again, is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Android Dungeon <laughs> against owning
0: and selling human We've beings. we finally come to that conclusion in <laughs> yeah. 2018.
3: I'm going to go out and on a limb here, this may be an unpopular opinion, but we should not own other people.
1: Wow! Yeah, I know. Except nope. if it's so a, brave. Ex- I'm going to put a caveat here, but if you're owning somebody online, <laughs> oh, I think that's oh, fine. Oh, you're Absolutely talking owned. Owned. own with a zero? Yeah. <laughs> a po- yeah, or p. I don't know. Yeah. what uh, Pone, yeah. Well, that would be poning. Yeah. that's different. Well, totally well,
3: the, different. The, the,
0: Still <laughs> just as bad though. <laughs> when you own and you don't pronounce the p, that's when you're. Yeah. That's when
1: you're really owning. All or right. Just uh, On that positive note, <laughs> musical break. We'll be back. Talk about mega Stay tuned. <laughs>
2: Second World War From a Leipzig second
1: C of our U ninety 3 FM. What you just heard was Andrew Eldritch is moving back to Leeds. I don't know if you heard. He's gone back. Andrew Eldritch, uh, which uh, nice guy Mark Hines reminded me, is the uh, Sisters of Mercy frontman yep. who quit music, <laughs> moved back home, and got in a fight. <laughs>
3: I think that's the story. I don't know how much John Darnielle's embellishing there. But. <laughs> or maybe he's just like
1: he had a perf- perfectly peaceful transition back home. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, any- this
3: will be more interesting if he gets his ass kicked. <laughs> I don't, I really Is that what he sounds like? No, John Darnielle most certainly does not have a Boston accent. I
1: thought you were doing a um what's his name? Danzig. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's Glenn Danzig as John Darnielle from Mountain Goose we're, we're falling down a hole here, folks. Yeah, I could just do the Danzig voice for another half an hour if you want. Can, but can you keep it up? No.
1: Yeah. Uh May May nineteenth, twenty seventeen, Goths album. Is every song? Gothy on this, or yeah, there...
3: like they have uh, a few more that are a much more like the the opening track Greens in Soho" sounds like it could be from like the '80s, like yeah. as, a, as a very like it's got a very like kick. Like the hook is a, like an organ riff, and it's got a lot of like oh, behind yeah. it. Uh, but they've got an R and B song about wearing black. Um, there's also another good one. Um, that's uh, about not wanting to play with Trent Reznor. Um, is that, yeah, is I that a I think that one's or... called Paid in Cocaine, <laughs> um, something like that. But uh, it's mostly just you know near the end of the big goth era, nobody wanting to deal with Trent Reznor.
1: <laughs> yes. do were Nine Inch Nails always goth or? Because to me, I always just thought they were industrial. That's it.
3: Well, that's the, I think that's the thing when you start getting into subcultures like or culture like a uh, pop culture stuff like this is that what actually constitutes goth? Because yeah. I mean, I know you're a big fan of like New Order and such. Yeah, and for me, like that was always that's New Wave. That's not really goth. Yeah, post New Wave. Yeah, but I mean, these days goth, I think, is just one. It's like emo, right? When the people refer to emo kids,
1: (sighs) those were dark days, Mark. When Uh, the emo kids were getting mixed up with the goth kids.
3: Well, I saw a great meme the other day um, where it was like the some teachers like, "Are emo kids still a thing?" And the kid says, "Yeah, but it's everybody now." That's, they good. Won. that's really he good. Was yeah, won. and I was like, oh, I'm gonna slam that like button. <laughs> that's that was a good one. Yeah. Maybe even share
1: it. I'm just looking at Andrew Aldrich uh, hunched over in a leather jacket, no shirt on underneath, folks. He doesn't look that's the that much look. different than Glenn Danzig did at that point. D- they both look a little strung out. There. And I think
3: I both like... of them now live with their moms. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, Hard
1: times. I'm not sure who's made more money, though. Sisters so of Mercy, or. Uh, what band was uh, Glennon? He was in The Misfits, Misfits and he was thing. in
3: Sawane, uh, or Sam Hane, if you're not as cool as me. Uh, and then Dancing. Bloody Irish. Guy.
1: <laughs> Saway. Remember his. Uh, uh, when we were in Korea there was this um, lovely Irish lass named Ruth and she was uh, she would get saucy when it came to Sam uh, Samhain or Sam Sawe. she was like oh I do people mispronounce it like because nobody speaks Gaelic or Celtic yeah. or whatever the hell it is uh, is it saucy Gaelic? Irish I think that's girl. Gaelic yeah. I wouldn't yeah. believe it
0: yeah right doesn't sound right was uh, Uh, Korean uh, job postings where it was like Irish need not apply due to uh, tendencies to party. Oh, was that what it was? I thought it was because their accent was impenetrable.
1: Wow, to be fair, I think uh, Canadians had a reputation for that too. Canadians and Australians and uh, the Australians were the crazy ones. Every Canadian
3: I've known that's taught in Korea is just a degenerate party animal. Wow, I mean. (laughs) Well, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When in Rome, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of Rome, (laughs) <laughs> speaking of segue <laughs> what tilt. tilt
0: tilt Joel what does it mean to tilt um I think this came up because uh, the other day because uh, magic is very frustrating <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> we it hate is. it no so, uh I, yeah you know you're trying to like do a legitimate uh you know make like control control g- uh, deck with some reasonable cards and then you mean trying to play the game properly. You just get Strategy. aggro stomped and then you move on you go on tilt and yep. then you you get out your mono red deck <laughs> but yeah I got I got two I got two official definitions of tilt here for you So the first one is the uh, classic um, just tilt in general or full tilt even and derives from the old English world word tilt or tilt meaning to totter unsteadily. It isn't surprising that tilting was the early name for jousting as the sport involves two knights on horseback charging at each other trying to Unsteady each other off
1: of a Quick horse. interruption in the paper last week. I read about a fellow in the states who was killed in a jousting accident.
3: Professional jousting's a thing. There's yeah. a guy at our office that was telling me about how he his jousting insurance premiums went up. Oh no! <gasps> I feel like that's it's a, hard a life. bit <laughs> <laughs> for the
1: the punchline. Yeah, I
3: know. I was standing there like, and <laughs> what's the deal with jousting insurance? Am I right? <laughs> Geico. Where do you go to get that? <laughs> yeah. uh, I we I googled it. It's only apparently only available in uh, this one insurance company. From the UK, but they provide worldwide insurance for right, disasters. yeah, yeah,
0: because they want to keep it going. Yeah, I don't know if that's the greatest scam in the
1: world or one of the worst, but they well,
0: probably just got like little rubber. They're not. Well, this guy was killed with, with
1: like I think they like had a full on like it's got the metal tip and everything. Yeah, so like, you're not trying to kill the other guy, but it's still
3: it's still a horse draw like. You're running at
1: yeah. full tilt. Did you
0: guys watch? Did you guys watch A Knight's Tale? Yeah. Where the other guy has like a, he's put like a sugar fist on the end of his thing, but it's a blade in the inside. Oh no! And, mm. and he stabs Heath Ledger. <gasps> Spoilers. <gasps> is, is Heath okay? Uh, yeah, he, he he comes out on top. Yeah, I
3: think that's the end of Act Two, and Act Three is his revenge. Oh. Yeah. he turns into the Joker and blows up a hospital. <laughs>
0: didn't Canterbury tales <laughs> left that one out of mine at least rest and rape <laughs> <pleasure>. <laughs> oh, geez. but uh tilt has evolved uh i guess it first evolved into a poker term it was mainly mainly found in poker for a state of mental or emotional confusion or frustration which a player adopts uh, a less than optimal strategy so basically something's happened to you and usually it's uh, based off of luck or somebody doing something stupid and getting away with it like say some <laughs> doing something stupid and getting away with it. Yeah, like say for example, somebody who's not good at poker joins a, a professional table yeah. and just stomps. Uh, doesn't know what he has, yeah. mm-hmm. throws down cards, says, I don't have anything and Oh, you've got a full house. And, yeah. And oh do I? Some <sighs> And then the pros just go on tilt, which just basically means that they start to let their emotions uh, make their decisions. Lose for their them. cool. And that's obviously evolved into gaming into mm-hmm. in a big way where have those
3: heated gaming moments.
0: Yeah. No one has ever gotten emotional in a game. <laughs> Certainly not me. Well I think here's the thing is that it's not
1: about getting emotional <laughs> in a game because we've all lost our cool and you've all seen people lose their cool, but it's when somebody loses their cool and does something crazy in response <laughs> yeah. to losing cool, then you're on tilt. It's that's what I think we need to the term is Yeah. Just, one of the major definitions of being on tilt is taking a personal attack. So say somebody's done
0: something to you. Instead of starting to play the, continuing to play the game in the way that's best for you, yeah.
1: All of a sudden you say, "I'm going to get you back,
3: and bring you down with me."
1: Or yeah. Something, you
3: know? I'm going to pick on Joel for the rest of the game.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. And I, again, I, we've mentioned this before on the show, but I thought I found it to be an interesting sort of uh, metagame narrative around somebody is that if, it, like, if I'm playing with Mark and I think uh, Mark is a very vindictive, mean person. Mm-hmm. It's true. If I if I go after Nice Guy Mark and it's one it, of those ironic names. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not mark That's <laughs> a, so if i go after him i know he'll go crazy like he'll go on tilt if i slight him in any way so it's almost like you're you it's being a bully right away and it's it's people know not to mess with you in a game because you know you will go on tilt and destroy them so it's i wouldn't say it's a fun <laughs> method of defense or playing with somebody but it is a i would consider it viable in the worst sense possible of a strategy of being known as if you slight me, I'll do everything in my power to tank your game and yeah. you will not survive.
0: But I suppose the less uh, taking personality out of it, the less um, spiteful version of being on tilt is something spiteful. that I think happened to you, Mark, in the last game we played of Mega Civ, which was uh, Segway uh, uh, Something happens that is uh, luck affecting your game, and that was just every single round you were hit with like two or three. Yeah, the, thir- just the three. I think even
3: you. one of them was four. Um, and it was, my, it was my very first game and so I wasn't in the best place to begin with and by I had figured out what I was doing and I had a plan <laughs> and then every turn I lost all my cities <laughs> and, and then I would spend a turn building them back up and then lose them all again and it, I just I didn't care anymore it's,
0: it became the game repeatedly punching you in the face yeah. until you just told everybody okay you know what I'm just gonna take everybody's calamities and leave this now, and,
1: and <laughs> yeah, now in gonna... Mark's defense that the give me your calamities Happened about well, I think nine ten hours <laughs> into it, so <laughs> yeah. it, it, you can only be <laughs> punched in the face and kicked in the ribs yeah. while you're on the ground for so long. But before we jump too far into that, the to explain the mechanics for people who don't remember, because we've talked about it, we talk about this infrequently. But the way Megasiv works is that you're building up these civilizations on the board, and it takes a long time. But eventually, you build up these cities, and for every city you have on the board, at the end of a round, you get to draw trade cards. And these trade cards can be a bunch of random goods, but you want to build sets of them that you trade in for big, big points to buy technologies that'll let you do more fun things down the road and mitigate some of these things that you can also draw or get traded, which are these calamities. And the calamities can range from things like, oh, there was an eclipse and your people are so silly that they so thought. So destroy three of your cities. Yeah, yeah. So re- reduce or destroy. Like, you have to knock down three of your cities. You spent all this time building. You go, oh, man, that stinks. But don't worry. Things will get better. Except for Mark, things never got better. <laughs> and I think, then they
3: but, don't. It's just like real life. Things don't get better, folks. <laughs> things just get worse and worse until you die. Uh,
1: yeah. very, it
0: is getting close to Halloween. So we'll, we'll <laughs> And I think part of it was also that, like, uh, some people have extra territory as insurance for these calamities, mm, yeah. but you were trying to be nice.
3: Yeah, and I learned that I should. So it's it's sort of like when we played Twilight Imperium. It, about halfway through the game, I realized that I had been playing it wrong. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I built these two alliances. Like, my two neighbors, I'm not <coughs> beefing with them. Maybe we can team up. And go after, like... um, Go after Joel. Yeah, like, I think I I was Iberia, Keltia and I were going to team up on Rome. Yeah. And then that ended up not really being all that useful. We were just basically throwing units into a meat grinder. Yeah. Um, And I realized at that point, oh, the reason Keltia's being nice to me is because he took... All of the good territories on this side of the border, <laughs> so I need to invade them.
1: You know, I didn't notice that. Myself, and so, to be
3: by the time I started like pushing back into them, I started getting hit with the calamity, yeah. and I got frustrated. So I think the next time I play, I'll have way more
1: fun. All right, stop, stop, stop. He said next time. Every, th- this is recorded. Yeah. can't. It's t- official.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's official. I can't Mark's bail. Marks in
1: for game two. I can't be, oh, game oh game weird. Three, something
3: came in. up, guys. <laughs>
1: Oh, I have to take so my clothes So this was order. we got to we got to play this. It was a uh, we'll say spontaneous game that arose out of uh, free, uh, of convenience and expediency. We just happened to all be around at the same place on a Sunday. We got we got lucky, folks. We managed to make it work. <clears throat> and uh, Mark, this was your very first game. Yep. Be honest. Talk about what it was like. It's complicated. Um, it well it's daunting at first
3: and uh, like I watched the 15 minute tutorial so I knew what everything did I just didn't know why I would want to do any of those things and I think that was part of the problem
1: when you say which things do you mean so like you you
3: know why you would want to expand into more territories Uh, than just having like a tightly well like a a close-knit well defended one Yeah. whereas like you know why you want to rush for certain technologies uh, at first it was like whatever I'll just see what points I have Yeah. and then like trading ended up being a much more involved thing Mm. than I Thought um, there's a lot more running around arguing, the, doing more of the, the the that great material continuum from Star Trek. You know, I've got three wool and I really need three fruit, so I can trade. You know, wool to this guy and then this this and then this. this. <laughs> Is that a Ferengi thing? Yeah, it's a it's how the Ferengi's uh, it's what they believe in. Um, so. That's definitely something that I, uh, looking back, I could have done way better on. And, in fact, I got feedback from another player. Like, oh, man, like, you really got to get into the trading. And uh, You two know me. If people tell me what to do. I do the exact opposite because, <laughs> screw you, you don't know my life.
0: That's why they call him Cool Guy Mark. <laughs> oh. Speaking of tilt. <laughs> so... <laughs>
3: That that was interesting, and, like, I, by the time, again, like, by the time I figured things out, it was a lot more fun, but the it's long, and yeah. I think that commitment, and you have to, I think, be willing to be that close with a group of people for that long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like, Twilight Imperium worked, I think, really well because we had a smaller group. It was a much, it's a much... The, the i guess the theme is a more towards what i like i like space stuff more yes, than like the, yeah. the classical whatever um, and i got into it being like oh yeah i've played civilization before this will yeah. be fine it's, it's 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 a similar idea but it's very it's a completely different game yeah um so it's fun but i think part of what made it fun for me was the fact that i wasn't the only person that didn't know what they were doing yeah um, cuz yeah. uh,
0: three people didn't actually finish the game
3: yeah so I think that's not bad. Uh, I think it's just I, I maybe had over overestimated my enthusiasm for it. Um, 12 hours is a long
1: time. And I was, I was talking about this with Joel a little bit after is that part of me was thinking that is it worth splitting it up? But I think the main mistake and that I would if I could go back and redo it was to change the AST back to the normal side because... We started an expert because I thought, did we do expert the first time?
0: Mm, Don't remember, actually.
1: But I don't think
0: anything was different, so maybe.
1: So if we did, maybe in my mind, I was thinking we did the expert the first time, and we had seven people, I think. And I found it, we we flew by faster than before. So I thought, nine people, um, we can do the expert. And even though some people are still new, I think we can still get through this. It'll be Okay. Mm -hmm. But it ended up taking way longer than I expected. And I don't know what necessarily slowed it down. Was it just pure player count or or what? I think
3: the fact that you had three smokers in the group probably. Because <laughs> yeah.
1: that was that was always the thing. We would be
3: halfway through a turn and somebody would be like, oh, can we go for a cigarette? Yeah. And it's like, as I was still a smoker then, it's like, no, guys, no. let's I- like... And I want this crap yeah, to be yeah.
1: over. <laughs> no, no, and that's fine because I think I feel like that's part of the reason why is it better to split it up possibly into mm-hmm. two days. But my issue is that it could be very difficult to get people back <laughs> the yeah. second yeah. day. It's kind of like, oh, yeah. no, I let the prey go after they were in my nets. So, I'm not
0: yeah. doing so well. I'm just not going to show up the next no. day. Or. So
1: I, th- I think normal AST until everyone's really comfortable with the game. Yeah. And also, like, it was a neat environment, but I felt bad because it was that bench was so tight, and it was just like uh, – you need a lot of space to move around and I think it was just very, a lot tighter than I was expecting it to be.
0: It'd be cool if we could get something going on at uh, GriffCon and uh, if you're listening to this and you're really curious and you want to give (coughs) Megasiv a try, just let us know. Reach yeah, that's the best way to <laughs> <term Guelph> do <board> it. <laughs> gamers or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Just send us a message and we'll see if we can squeeze you into a January, February game.
1: So the other part here, too, is that if you notice Joel's being a little quiet here, is it's because uh, Joel was basically the manager of the game for this experience because we had an extra person and we could have theoretically just opened up the board and done the 10-player version, <clears throat> excuse me, but would have, I think, been a little daunting because mm-hmm. uh, we're using an, an entirely second part of the board to mix it up and...
3: Uh, and we ended up needing like three tables just and to fit the it, whole game on. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, and, it, and thinking about it again, is that Joel's dedication was the main reason why things went as quickly as they did, which is hilarious considering it took 14 hours from start to finish. Mm-hmm that when you have somebody dedicatedly calling out whose turn it is and getting the trade cards ready and actually stay on top of the game, it really just gets things going. It's just Mm -hmm. like if you're doing Twilight Imperium, how long did it take when we played that last game? Eight hours? Yeah. And that's with, like, I'm pretty sure we were trying hard to be on top of that, too, with calling out, like, uh, zero or one, two, three, like going down. It's just you need somebody almost to be the space cop, or in this case, yeah. the Flintstones cop. Or- <laughs>
3: yeah, I liked the the, the ha- space cops or the like the Flintstone cops are definitely something. It's something I've noticed when I'm running DM like Dungeons and Dragons games too. Is you have to like m- keep keep the table talk down. Yeah, be like no, no guys, like we need we're gonna do this. Yeah, and then we'll take a break and you guys can talk about yeah, the yeah. new season of Daredevil, whatever you want to go on about. <clears throat> but I think that was one of the things that I ran into is I would just not know where we were in the turn and, like, Joel would, you know, name somebody off and be like, I haven't gotten a turn yet. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, It's definitely, especially because, sorry to cut you off there, is that when you have a lot of the game that you can do simultaneously, where it's like you have the board split up over all of... Uh, Europe and it can be like so what the Celts are doing is not going to affect what Egypt is doing over here so you guys can do your things mm-hmm. it's only when it's whatever Egypt is doing is going to affect whatever Africa is doing or Carthage and yeah. then you start to get into this sort of and then who's got warfare okay who's higher on the AST or the census What? anyway so we you, also
0: just like a big cluster of combat in the top the middle, combat was <laughs> ridiculous which would never end so you always had to wait for one guy to finish before the next which slowed us down. Insane amount Thank of
1: fighting. You. Which do you think that was because just there of going tilted, possibly where somebody took something from someone and they're like, "No, I need to get this back at all costs." Yeah,
0: I think a couple people uh, played well and took more territory than they needed, but mm. that ended up other people being squeezed, especially Curtis and uh, and uh, I think um, uh, Chris to a lesser extent got squeezed so much that they had to push back and then Mm -hmm. that just continued right because nobody feels uh, like oh you want you want some territory for oh that's fine yeah Yeah, nobody's gonna just give it up right it's kind of either you draw your lines at the start and you keep them kind of like you and Tyler did or um, yeah or else you're gonna be fighting them over them the whole game
1: well, it's, it's just kind of like what happened to Mark and John where it's, the, again, I wish i had seen it or else I would have said something. Was that with John scooping up all these juicy spots and then being like, let's be friends, Mark. No need to fight anymore. Yeah, okay, be, sure, man. Yeah. And I wish maybe if
0: I could take one thing back, I think at the <clears throat> beginning, I kind of said, okay, these are your moves and we're going to start. We're going to go through and everybody do it. Yeah. And I got everybody to follow along. And I think if I could go back to that moment, I would probably say, here's a quick... Strategy outline. Here's what you need. Yeah. Six city spots and maybe three good wild spots. Yeah. Uh, here, I'll show you how to do it because it wouldn't take long. right? Just yeah, yeah. Get your cities up and look, you're established. Look at your map right now and see where that's going to happen for you yeah. because yeah. I yeah. think everybody had that opportunity to see their map and figure out where they wanted to be, but everybody kind of just got jumped right into it. Right?
3: Part of it for me is... Where, like Because I picked Iberia, and they've got all those city spots along the coast. Mm-hmm. But if you put cities in all of them, you can't expand anywhere except for going into Kalkia. Into, and, into, into and,
1: and that was something that I think we... We sort of touched on this, or maybe we could have been a little firmer on. Is that it is so difficult? If you and I did it for myself, even once or twice, was that when you build a city, you can't move your soldiers through there or your mm-hmm. people until you get some technologies. But you can essentially wall yourself off by accident, and yeah, then you're stuck. Oh, what oh. I did right at the start, yeah.
3: And then I couldn't go anywhere.
1: It, that's a very painful part of the game that I think is. Need, you, you learn stuff how to teach a game too every time you <laughs> do something like that. But no. that's
3: one of the things, like for from like a, an outsider perspective, playing it for the first time. You, it was hard to come back from those early mistakes. So that it
0: is, yeah, and that's that's your first ten,
1: fifteen minutes of a of a fourteen hour game mm-hmm. where you're making those
0: decisions. <laughs> and but so. I
1: and again, it's like the way the game. That's supposedly that's the way it should work, and that is if you screw up, uh, that stinks. Not not great, but you can come back because everyone else should be getting hit with calamities unless mm-hmm. they are trading like crazy and having the best luck in the world. And that's what killed me at the end was when Stefan, who ended up winning the game somehow avoided these non-tradable calamities and being stuck with people trading him calamities that should have reduced and it's it killed me what happened to you last time we played too same same fat or same civilization exact same how did you avoid getting all these like non-tradables and getting stuck with people just giving you crap it was astounding yeah. to me absolutely sc-
0: yeah there were times where i just went away with no trading, just to yeah, yeah. It's like, well, no whammies. I'm gonna be up on nine again next time. Yeah, I'm
1: getting eighteen to yeah. uh, play around with. Just it's wild to me. So, but. Mark, I'm glad you stuck with it. I'm glad you played it. And uh, I'm disappointed that things didn't work out as nicely for you because I thought you were flying there at the start for a bit.
3: Oh, I was and until I we drew our borders and I realized that that was like – because I think the problem was with like Kelsey and I's borders, we left one city yeah. that we would let Rome come to so we could like basically bait them in and then push in. And then <laughs> Keltia took that city. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, well, I can – I guess – start a war against them yeah. or like maybe i'll fight jack but i don't have like i can't get enough people in one place in order to ferry them over in order to i was do gonna anything. say i
1: was expecting an invasion as soon as that happens like, oh jeez, here um, we go so
3: yeah again like i think the next time i play i am nobody's friend
1: yeah. well that's what you do you want it, the thing is you don't want to go full tilt because Mm -hmm. it's extremely expensive to be throwing soldiers at buildings and reducing them just to get a spot Mm -hmm. and only to lose it again from a calamity, uh, the next spot. You have to be very careful with your fights.
0: I thought Jack's, Jack, your story was very similar. I feel like as far as territorially, as far as strategy goes, you did everything right. You had all of, you know, Africa and like a good (sighs) decent chunk to the east to get enough farmland. You got agriculture, you were ready to go. And then it was two calamities every it, single like turn, clock two, 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 yep. two. And you were just getting
1: pounded. And I don't know if those got traded to you or what, but... Well, there's, I think maybe something else, too, is people get better with the game as it speeds up. I'd be more generous with maybe trade times because mm-hmm. there were a couple of times when it was like the very last, last-ditch trade was like, <laughs> yep, there we go. That's, <laughs> that's a calamity right yeah, there. Yeah, they just throw it at you as your... But I I made some sets, and I did okay. But ultimately, I think I was happy with my final score. I think we were all within spitting distance, uh, like the top three people of each other, more or less. Um, But again, it's a a learning experience, and hopefully you play again, Mark. Yeah, I'd like to play again. Hopefully Joel plays this time.
0: Yeah, if I can give one strategy advice to the people, everybody that played that might be listening to this, is if if you're not sure whether or not you should build that extra city,
1: don't do it. <laughs> Keep the people. Yeah. Build the city next time. Yeah. And it'll be so much safer. I'm on the fence. My, my piece of advice I'd say is that if you have to do anything, buy up those those cheap blue cards mm. that mitigate mm. yep. those calamities yep. because it's way better to avoid reducing uh, all three cities and uh, all that stuff. Like, that was another your thing. Things.
3: I didn't take enough time to, like, look at technologies
0: and see how it's they... It's daunting, though. Yeah. It's
1: it's very difficult to look at. And, like, even just staring at all the cards in front of you, it's oh, what I still they doing? I still, after two games, I think probably I know a little over half of them. Yeah. Well, and the red cards are basically alien to me. I, I don't know. Very few people take law? those. Law? What does law do? You? <laughs> who cares? I, I don't know. Um, all right. So not much time left. Now that we have Mark on the show, uh, let's do a and d update. Ooh. Oh, okay. Because Mark so. is our, our our daunting, daunting? Dauntless? Uh, I will say Dauntless. Uh, <laughs> devastatingly handsome. handsome, handsome a, the, thank you. Uh, handsome
3: and devastatingly handsome. d Dungeons uh, and Dragons Master.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, you guys are doing pretty good. We are doing Storm King's Thunder, which is one of the premates from Wizards of the Coast. Um, looking at the meta, or I guess meta, the the, the conversations on like in the, the internet communities, it's one of the better ones. It's one of the easier ones to run, oh. apparently, as well. Uh, it's very open, basically, which is good, because your party... As a DM, no mat- matter how much you prepare, your party's going to be like, I don't know, let's go burn down a house yeah, or yeah. something like that, especially with this party. Um, <laughs> but you've met the big what? bad guy, um, the evil dragon Imrith, uh, and you've sort of got on to, we're, I guess, just past the halfway point of the adventure, maybe even... The, the two-thirds point uh-huh. where we start getting into like the nitty-gritty every, you'll actually be accomplishing something every session now hey. which is good because uh, that was one sense bit sense of accomplishment you basically when you, you you go to that temple like you go to a temple with a like an NPC and they, they give you a quest to collect these items yeah. and that I felt like if you didn't have the airship like would have been such, like you get you get this airship from a friendly dragon yeah. to help you fly around the world and collect all these items. And if you hadn't had that, like everything would have been like, oh, you spent three days on the did, road.
1: Did you add that yourself?
3: No, the airship's in there. Okay. Um, and then the evil dragon destroyed it. Yeah. That's just a, a dice roll, which I feel like is a little gamey. Um, it's basically when she shows up, you roll a dice, you roll one d20 to see if she notices the airship and then you roll another one to see if she destroys it. Okay and I'm like so basically they just basically have to roll two 11s like it's 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 a little too random for me cuz now you don't have an airship and you have to go to the other side of this this planet we
0: have portals right
3: yeah there's portals um that Even you can better unlock. You uh, at the end of the session last time you met our our favorite cloud giant with his uh, what's his name again? Zephros Zephyros uh, with his flying You're wizard a- t- a- tower with a wizard uh, hat on top of it. He's actually not supposed to come back. He's supposed to just disappear after that little prologue. I effect. like that you brought him back, but I brought him back because according to some people in the group, I only have one NPC voice, so I might as well use it. <laughs> there it is, folks. Uh, oh, it's it's the magnificent guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's Stello the amazing. I thought it was the bard. Yeah, <laughs> every NPC that. I it's green sleeves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if they're fun, they're going to have that voice. Uh, so you, tonight, they're going to be facing off against Chief Disgurh of the Hill Giants. Uh, hill giants are—I um, think the way they describe them is um, gross. Yeah, gross. No, They're gross, uh, brutal, um, mischievous, and uh, mischievous. beyond stupid. I think is the way the monster manual. I've already uh, describes those. them. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I'm excited to see how you guys react and uh, how quickly you uh, light things on fire. <laughs> well,
1: seeing as like fireballs get cast willy nilly, and somebody wall can of fire scorching wall of fire ray. Heard is scorching right fire in my mind it was always like a powerful like light blast it's, it's fire type yeah. oh okay um, but yeah so we'll see how that tonight goes all right well that's the end of the show we've got Mark and Joel Joel I don't think you'll be back next week for uh, the episode uh, unlike although what, this is going to show or air that time so I'll we'll be, be back initially. Friday yeah. so we'll sort yeah, of yeah easy peasy we're live obviously well, yeah, yeah this is
0: live this is 1.58 <laughs> on Thursday <laughs>
3: So, oh, how about that Leafs game last night, eh? Wow, they what, totally what won a or lost or else? had a shootout. <laughs> Looks like those clowns in Queen's Park did it again. And What a
0: bunch of clowns. Marijuana is legal, who thunk?
1: I'm Jack. I'm Joel. I'm Mark. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.